to the Board and GE Podcast, and now with your host, Uncle Tuck and G-Jones. What's going on, everybody? It's your man Tuck here at Board and DE. Got a special guest in the house today, DJ Mega Skill. What's going on, fam? What's up? What's up? What's going on, Board and DE? How y'all doing? Oh, man, we doing fine, man. It's, I'm glad you had time for us because you one of the hardest working DJs here. If you ain't on the air, you online, you ain't doing parties and stuff, man. I mean, how you find time to, to be by yourself? <laughs> hey man um I, I guess it's that caribbean in me man you know what i mean that's my Nick. west indian roots i know that's right bro i'm <laughs> right there with you and everything so yo man for the people that may not be familiar with mega skills and i don't know how they cannot be familiar with you and everything tell us a little about yourself where you come from how long you've been djing and hell how you got started djing oh <laughs> uh, wow wow so uh Come from Wilmington, Delaware, born and raised, Hilltop area. Um, I started dibbling, dabbling with DJing probably, uh, probably full scale was uh, 95. Mm-hmm. Um, then, um, but I started collecting vinyl around 89 and I just kept collecting. I would use whatever allowance I had <laughs> and, uh, and uh and and now i'll just buy the latest vinyl and that helped me build my uh, vinyl collection and but i really started really taking taking it serious was around like 96 95 neighborhood okay and, um, been doing it ever since yeah so you wanted the veterans you remember you remember the whole feeling of going to the record store and spending hours in there going through uh the aisle after aisle, and if you was cool with the record store owner, you know, they probably let you crack a record open, play it before you buy it and stuff like that. You remember that nostalgia, don't you? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Also, uh, also a lot of people don't know, man, I was around the beginning of the record pool era. So, hmm. um, so what, what I would see is the big name DJs have their lockers. And you would just, you know what I mean, one day, like, dreaming about, hey, maybe my name would be up there getting a locker. Like, it was, I was part of DJ Rand's record pool back, back in the 90s. Okay. And uh, I would go up to uh, Club Gotham and pick up my vinyl, right? Mm-hmm. And it would be, it would be Bismarcky would have a locker, RP to Bismarcky. Uh, you know, Kick and Free would have a locker, Fun Flex. We'll have like a, a um a space in there. Uh Cosmic Kev of course, Doc B, all the big name DJs. But I was like one day hopefully my name will be up, up on there, you know, with with my locker up there with with my um all the hottest records. So yeah, yeah, I remember those days. Wow, you hit the record pool and stuff, man. So yeah, so you definitely <laughs> been in the game for a hot minute back when you actually had to build your bones. You just couldn't go take a tax return and get some CDJs or, you know, a controller and stuff and just call yourself a DJ. You, you had to know how to read the crowd, work the crowd, and you had to be able to know how to select your records. Cause you know, you, you come from the crate carrying days, you know, or you had to carry crates and everything, you know, pack hey, up the van. Yeah. yeah you, you come from then. Back then, every big name DJ had a 
needed a crew. He needed like a production crew, what we would call now. But back then, I guess it was the team. So you would you would have to, uh, you know, mo- most big name DJs, whoever was the top at the time, would probably have five people working for him. It was a record carrier, speaker carrier. Then you graduated, you were the record passer. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So eventually, eventually, I started with the speakers, and then and then I was able to get become the record carrier. And uh, man, it was just an honor to me just to carry, uh, you know, I mean, some of these big name DJs' records. You know, Ron G. uh, You know, all these big big time DJs would come to Delaware or Dell State, or wherever the hottest party was. And if you got there early enough, like two hours before the party, they needed help. So, you know what I mean? I was 17 at the time. This this was a learning opportunity for me, so. Oh, you was putting and in that work. Would, yeah, yeah, yeah. You name it. You name it, I was trying to help them. You name it. You name a DJ. I was trying to help him, and eventually that helped me get on. Uh, when they like, we need somebody to warm up. Mm-hmm. Even even if I was trash, I was trash back in the day, bro. So mm. <laughs> it was just <laughs> it was just an honor, man. Hey, man, we all had to start from somewhere and everything, but <laughs> but you definitely came up in the era where you had to had to pay your dues because I remember the. The time that I was DJing back in the, the late 80s, early 90s, it was easy to get a crew together to help you load up the van, unload the van, get the party set up. But at the end of the party, man, you always was down a couple because they didn't found some girls or got too much Hennessy in the system and stuff. So it was like, <laughs> oh, man. And I, I don't know about yeah. you, man. I used to hate doing the parties where you had to lug them speakers up some steps, boy. I hated that. Cause you know, I didn't have no uh, hand cart, hand truck, or nothing like that. So it was like two of us, one at the top, one at the bottom, and stuff. Back when Radio Shack was your best friend, <laughs> where you had to go to Radio Shack, we got our needles from Radio Shack. At one time, we was getting our mixers from there, uh, your speaker wire, your fuses. Cause like you know, like I said, you come from the era where you had to have amps, speakers, and the speaker wire and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, Everything yeah. wasn't XLR and plugged into your deck. You know, it was unheard of plugging into your deck, but now I tell you, man, like I said, um, I picked up some gear just to get back on and, and fool around. I, I, I'm definitely not going to do no parties or anything like that, but I got mad love and respect for you guys because the technology, like I said, I stopped DJing in 92, you know, I still kept my wow. records and my gear and everything like that. I just stopped DJing cause I started doing more photography and more video editing. So coming back into the game and seeing how everything is so digital, I respect you guys that, you know, could still move a crowd, do things. Cause a lot of people just get up there and just play the hits. I'm like, shit, I can do that on Spotify, you know, or Apple music to do that. But you guys didn't know how to read the crowd to take us down memory lane. You know, you implement remixes, whether you did it yourself or somebody, you know, hooked up a remix for you. You guys are the true heroes, man, of the dance floor and everything. Like we, we couldn't party without you, brothers, man. So I appreciate you. Uh, well, well, I, I just, um, like I said, man, I would 
carry. I would try to go to the party or the event like two to three hours early. So I get there, I carry records, and just so I can sit there and learn all these different techniques that that you're mentioning now, like how mm-hmm. to blend, how how to do, you know, do my own remixes with the acapella. You know right. what I mean? What records to play? To put the cue points. Put the little dots on on, on the vinyl. <laughs> now, so yeah, now, I I remember those days, man. Uh, I now used were, to, who knows? Were you, it was. Were you ever one of the DJs that used to hide the labels? You know, you you got that hot remix or something like that, and you didn't want you know because you always got DJ come up on your turntables, want to look and see what you're playing. I used to have a friend, man. He used to white out all his labels and stuff. <laughs> like he was, he was, he was dead stingy with it. Uh, nah, nah, man, nah, man. But what I did was uh, sometimes, if if you were like a, a, see, my whole day would start like out like this. Like if it was a Friday before I had a show, like I would start down like in Dover mm-hmm. because it was like a a record shop in Blue Hen Mall. It was a little like hippie white lady. But she had, like, all the hottest records, and and nobody would hit it. I would go down to Dover and then make my way up. That that would be my day, starting probably at uh, 10 o'clock, work my way from Dover, and then go hit up Scooters, the music library, and then go to Philly. And then um, eventually, like, uh, Armand's, Mm -hmm. and then eventually... uh, pick up my records from the record pool from from dj Rand's pool but uh you would have to hit all those spots just to get those records man and mm. you know you know and these cats don't know nothing about it because all they doing is downloading now <laughs> they downloading yeah yeah, yeah. i mean because i see a couple see, of record I... pools went digital but you know for the most part a lot of these cats is higher than their mp3s and you know being an audio guy myself I can tell when somebody's using a low bit rate MP3s, like no dynamic range, just sound real flat, but they figured they could turn the volume up and it'd be, you know, all as well. But yeah, it's, it's, it's technology is good for those that understand it, study and respect it. It's just horrible for those that just want to get in and try to make a fast buck and everything. And speaking of which, how do you feel about that? Like, you know, you got these new cats that's coming in that didn't work and didn't uh, build their bones or anything like that and they're dumbing down the rates you know what i mean like you know you yeah, may charge yeah. you know 175 200 an hour this cat's coming here talking about i'll do the whole party for 50 or 100 dollars and stuff and you know people sometimes forget that you know you get what you pay for so, so you pay a 50 dollar dj don't come crying to me when he doesn't show up or he doesn't have his gear because now yesterday's price ain't today's price Old fat Joe. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Um, I kind of have mixed feelings about it. I feel like, like I said, uh, when I started in 95, um, before I started, it took me almost about 2000 before I started headlining my own parties. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So you had to have that learning curve because people back then, that's what I really respect back then. Um, you just couldn't do... The lowest bidder couldn't get the party back then. It was all about your name and your recognition. Um, so, I mean, in a way, 
in a way, you can't knock a younger DJ right. for trying to get his stuff out there. I mean, some of the best, some of the best uh, gigs I ever got were just saying, you know what? Um, it could be a great opportunity for me. I want to be the resident DJ here. Mm-hmm. Um, just, just let me rock out. I tell you what, tonight is on the house. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I know, I understand the game when they're trying to get in the door. But if if it's a, uh, I just don't like if if it's like a, you already know what the budget is. They have a budget, and you just like, all right. If the budget's a thousand, just give me two hundred. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't wow. like that type of stuff or, you know what I mean, that type of thing. Um, sometimes, believe it or not, it may not be the promote. It could be the promoter. Mm. It could be the promoter. It could be the it could be the client that says, uh, this person, make a skills, charge me that. If if you can do it for 200 uh, so a lot of times it's a, like it's a two-way street sometimes. It's a promoter. Mm-hmm. It could be the client that's trying to save a couple dollars because they think nowadays they think um, we all play the same music, and it's not the case. Right, it's not the case. Sometimes a more seasoned veteran will know how to rock the crowd. Um, if they get a little too rowdy, switch up the scene, throw R&B track. So there's, there won't be a fight, you know what I mean? It's not mm-hmm. all turn up, turn up, turn up, turn up, turn up. For, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, a seasoned vet knows how to sprinkle in some recurring hits. So it, the dance floor may not be that packed, but you know how to make help the bar make money. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's like a two way street. Right. I do feel I do feel like. Uh, Technology has helped in a lot of ways too. Um, Definitely help you back because you ain't got to carry that much gear. <laughs> yeah, I used to hate. I used to hate DJ weddings mm. when when I when I was on a come up. I used to hate DJ weddings because you had to carry um, like thirty records. That's why I was trying to show you my hands. I got mm-hmm. permanent calluses in my hands now from mm. carrying those crates, like. Mm. Uh, I don't know if you remember, uh, one of the hottest nightclubs in Philly was Palmer's Nightclub. Mm-hmm. And that, that was one of my first, that was one of my first residencies. And I was on the third floor. Mm. So, to me, that, um, I had to think of creative ways um, to just bring maybe three or four crates of records, the rock that party and they were open probably from 10 to three thirty in the mm-hmm. morning. Yeah. So I remember poems. <laughs> like little things like that. I had to think of creative ways to use the pack, the pack, like uh, my crates. So with four crates, I only have four crates to rock the party for that long. You know what I mean? Mm. With just those four crates. Cause I was like, man, I can't carry the whole, the whole shebang up those three flights of stairs, man. <laughs> yeah, you'd be too exhausted to do um, to do the damn party, shit. Yeah, yeah, 
Now, did, um, however, did you, I'm sorry. Yeah, did you ever incorporate an MC with your uh, your sets, or you kind of handle both uh, duties? Uh, I used to have a host, um, but once, how can I say? I just had bad experiences with mm -hmm. the host. They would just think they're the ones playing the um, music, or mm -hmm. they're the ones. My thing with the host was they they would be the ones like say for example the party starts at nine o'clock. Mm -hmm. That means you probably got to get there an hour before to set up. Right. You know what I mean? Like, uh, but these jokers would get to the event like ten o'clock. You know what I mean? And, What's the point? And then expect, <laughs> and then expect to get paid their full amount. So it's like. You can host, but you're not on the radio or something like that. So how can you be like, ah, I want 250 to host <laughs> mm. or 300 to host? And you know what I mean? It was crazy, crazy. So, so that I, I just had bad experiences with hosts. So I started doing it myself. Just kept practicing until I got um, comfortable on the mic. And um, I still I feel like that's my biggest weakness is MCing, but uh, I'm, I'm getting better, man, day by day. <laughs> well, shoot, I know you representing the mix, so, you know, when you, when your MC skills catch up to your satisfaction, it's only going to make us more happier on the floor and everything, <laughs> so, so, yeah, bro, I'm, I'm riding with you on that, but um, have you ever, I mean, actually not have you ever, what was one of your worst experiences as a DJ, like, to the point you were like, yo, I can't, I'll never take another gig like this ever again. Oh man, it, it was a lot. Uh, I felt like, um, uh, although it was probably at the time, one of my biggest paydays, uh, it was, a, it was, a, um, pretty much, I was primarily a hip hop DJ, right? So, mm -hmm. Somebody called me to DJ down Dover Downs for the uh, for NASCAR week, and they wanted all country music and stuff hmm. like that and rock and roll. And I have only thing I have in my crates is hip hop. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was a um, that was a learning um, learning experience for me. So I I would like I I would try nowadays. Learning from that experience, I, w I would just try to ask the client or the promoter, like, what's the crowd going to be like? What are some songs that you think the crowd would want to hear? What records I should have? Mm -hmm. um, so I just don't want to show up and just be playing all the music that nobody wants to hear. Right. Especially at NASCAR, because, you know, they they love their cars and they love their country music. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't have near, I didn't have no country music at all. Mm. So they just weren't happy with me, and uh, they never used me again. I see <laughs> why. <laughs> so besides yeah, that, um, how do you maintain a work-life balance? Because I, I know you probably have like a a, a regular nine to five or something like that, that occupies you know 
at least 40 hours of your week. And then you have the family, you know, the growing family. And now you got the DJ and stuff. Like, how do you balance all of that? Well, uh, I try to just, you know, when it's family time, it's family time. Um, if, uh, if, he, if I don't have anything scheduled prior to it and somebody mm-hmm. calls the last minute, just tell them you're not available, man, because that quality time, family time, is very important. Sometimes, uh, sometimes my wife need, needs needs me to help home with the kids. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. um, to me, that's the biggest thing. Uh, when when you don't have time, try not to like when it's family time. Try not to do anything DJ related. Mm-hmm. Um, try not to be on your phone, because you know how it is. You you get that, you know, uh, that email or something like that. The first response sometimes gets the gig, so you just gotta, you know, be like, hey, it's it's all about the wifey tonight. Okay. You know, what I mean, it's all about the family tonight. So that's that's some of the things I try to do. Um, like uh, if, if I'm off, like on Tuesday mm-hmm. or. On Wednesday, try not to do anything DJ related. Try to um, do something special or, or with the fans. Or when you're home, just make sure you're home. Right. Not not uh, on your laptop trying to download the hottest banger. <laughs> trying to edit songs or you know how it is. Right. DJs, man. It's it's a never ending job, but you gotta know how to hit that pause yeah. button and focus on other things and everything. Yeah, yeah. And speaking of your wife, has she ever uh, gone to an event with you? Like you know, you DJing a certain event, and she's like, you know what? Can I hang out with you and everything? You know, have you taken her to events, or you just totally keep that separate? Uh, before before we had kids, yeah, 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 yeah. Hmm. Uh, but um, somebody has. Somebody has to take care of the kids, you know. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, that, that's how I met my wife, actually. Um, really? Pretty much. I was DJing her parents, um, I believe her parents' 50th uh, anniversary party. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that, that, that's how, um, yeah, that's pretty much how it was. Well, we were friends. i seen her around Dell State, but... Uh, I guess I got out of their friend zone when I, um... <laughs> How many years y'all got the game now? Oh, uh, man. Uh, going on, uh, probably about almost 20 years knowing Ooh. each other. And, uh, yeah, um, probably, um, eight years being married. Okay, congratulations, man. Black love is strong and beautiful, man. That's what's up. And, and I, I'm assuming she's very supportive of what you're doing as far as a DJ and everything like that. And she kind of gives you, you know, some leeway to go ahead and focus and everything. As long as you constantly make sure family times, family time, she probably just rides out with you. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely that. Yeah. The, the real, real big gigs. Like if I had something, um, like, um, I DJed a big gig in um, San Francisco, mm-hmm. so she flew out with me. If, if there's any like destination events, I try to I try to make sure I bring her with me. So not only is it my little vacation, 
It could be our vacation. Okay. Uh, so destination weddings. Um, I'm trying to work on a tour in Europe because um, it's been a while since I did some work over there. Um, so. Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't know yeah, you I toured know. over in Europe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, a lot of people don't know this, man, because I, I kind of do a lot of stuff under the radar. Um, I used to work for a hip-hop station in Frankfurt, Germany, um, and they kind of um, used me for the American voice because I think that's probably one of the biggest bases abroad in Frankfurt. So I would do, like, the Friday night mix there, mm-hmm. and I turned it was like the number one rated show. They used to have to tell the listeners that the uh, that the show was pre-recorded because it was people trying to um, find out who I was and coming <laughs> to the station. It was pretty crazy, man. It was wow. pretty crazy, man. Wow, yeah, because yeah, uh, act- like 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 I said, I stopped DJing in '92, but I always kept DJs as friends. So I remember when Wilmington had their little station. Uh, I think it was Kiss 101 or something. Rated R was up there. Me and Rated R grew up together. Actually, Rated R used to come hang out with my basement and watch me mix and stuff like that. And to see him doing his thing is like, wow, it's crazy. You know, I had him on the show a couple of seasons back and we talked about it. But he actually invited me to the radio station when I think it was like a 4th of July, 4th of of July type party mix or something. And I went in there and I'm expecting to see, you know, all these DJs and stuff like that. Radar was just there with his turntables and everybody else submitted pre-recorded things. And I'm like, wow, that's when I knew technology was crazy. Cause you know, he slapped the tape in there and it was, uh, each DJ did their set. So, you know, it was time for commercial breaks and stuff like that. I'm like, yeah, that shit, that shit blew my mind. Blew my mind. Yeah. 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 Uh, R man is one of the big homies too. Um, I used to carry his records, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> just just to try to get in that uh one of the resident gigs was uh I think Christina River Club, Trippy Trippy's old club back in the day. Yeah. I would I, I would carry his his records or anything just to get in and learn. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. Those those were the good days, man, the good old days. And he's still he's still working hard, man. Yeah, he um, is. I don't know yeah. what it is. I don't know what it is, but um, I think a lot of, I don't know what it is about Dell Castle, my old high school, mm-hmm. but it's a lot of DJs from there, man. It's like Rated R, uh, Big Ant, me, uh, <laughs> it's a few other guys, but uh, yeah. I can't think of all the top, but it's a lot of uh, DJs that went to Dell Castle, man. I don't know what it is. A lot of good DJs that came out of Dell Castle. Yeah, People still yeah, putting yeah. in work. Yeah, DJ uh, DJ Cali, uh, mm-hmm. he's doing his thing too. Okay. DJ Cal, I'm sorry, DJ Cali. Yeah, he's he's not, he's a up and coming. He's doing some work, man. So so now with the world trying to open back up and everything like that, do you have your eye on any particular residencies? Because I know a couple places and shut down and some places, some new places is opening up and everything. And, you know, ain't nothing like that, you know, guaranteed money, you know? Yeah. Well, um, um, I'm trying to get 
in something something major like a a, a goal of mine is to have a residency in New York City, mm. one in DC, because um, uh, that was probably one of the biggest experiences for me uh, moving to DC. Uh, I DJed Howard University's homecoming. And being a DJ from Delaware, that was, like, major, man. Mm. Like, uh, it opened my eyes. I got to see firsthand that nightlife is a billion-dollar industry. So I would like to have um, a residency in D.C. and one in New York. I've I've done all the Philly clubs and things like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I just would like to have... Because being in in those places, I feel like you get so many opportunities, not just um, not just being a resident DJ at the club. Because you never know who somebody is. Right. You never. You, that's the one thing I learned. Uh, you never know who somebody might be. Uh, you never know. It could be like uh, you could be DJing a party, and it could be. It could be a big record of Zach's son in there, and he's feeling your style, and he'd be like, hey, I want you to come DJ this. Mm-hmm. And that dude could be uh, L.A. Reed's son or somebody like that, and they fly you down to Miami to do stuff for him or something like that. Now, what's the, the furthest, that what's the furthest you traveled as a DJ? Uh, the, the, the DJ an event... Um, was either uh, Miami or um, or um, I, I've done some events in the Bay. Okay. Um, so yeah, yeah. Road trip wise, I would say Miami. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been flown into Miami a few times to DJ, uh, but uh, California, it just felt good to be that my reach from little old Delaware, somebody <laughs> flew me out. To San Francisco to DJ out there, um, yeah, and, and of course working in Frankfurt, Germany on a radio. Okay. Um, for a station out there called Party Radio FM, I believe it was one hundred seven point five out there. Um, so being in, um, being on the airwaves for MP3s when MP3s first kind of started, like. In 2004 and 2005, I was sent submitting my shows, MP3, all the way in Frankfurt, Germany. And then they would pay me in euros because the euros were stronger than the dollar. They still are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, um, that, that's, that's not... I'm sorry. Oh, my fault. Nah, nah. Cause I know it's a slight lag and everything, so <laughs> it, it kind of catches us and stuff. Uh but I wanted to ask, um, how did you manage through the pandemic? Well, I know a lot of DJs, a lot of people lost a lot of revenue when that shit hit us in March, 2020. Yeah. It, uh, I'm kind of still recovering from it. Um, the, the pandemic hurt me even bad, man. Um, cause 2020, I was on pace to have my busiest wedding season ever um i was supposed to do like 20 weddings and that was probably 20 to 25 weddings already booked 
and all of them got canceled. So, um, what I did was, uh, kind of reinvented myself, mm -hmm. did a lot of streaming, um, some of those events that people hired me for, uh, we started doing virtual. Okay. Um, I started getting some paper for, uh, actually some paid mix show gigs for, um, some stations. So that's how I kind of, uh, that's how I kind of did it, man. Um, by the grace of God, man, um, I think my business shift shifted to Maryland. I felt like Maryland had uh, their, um, they didn't have strict shutdowns like most mm -hmm. of the other states did, like we did in Pennsylvania. So basically when Delaware was shut down, PA, um, some of the club owners in Maryland, just across the line, and Elkton, Maryland, started calling me for gigs. Okay. So it seems like... It seemed like I only had maybe a two month, a two month uh, stoppage. So maybe from March to May, that's when I kind of shifted to online mm -hmm. stuff and virtual. And then people, things started opening up in Maryland, where I, I would DJ different clubs in Maryland, uh, maybe three nights a week. Wow, that's what's up. That's because I know the yeah, pandemic yeah. was hard on a lot of people, especially being crushed with, you know, wedding season being pretty much canceled all of 2020. I know you just sit back and be like, yo, man, that is, you can't. Yeah, I had to. That revenue is gone, bro. That's wow. <laughs> it, it was one client I had to do, like, <laughs> they done paid their balance in full. So it was like, um. I couldn't return their, <laughs> I couldn't return their deposit, man. I had to, uh, had to go up there and do like barbecues for them. I had to do like three of their barbecues just to pay mm -hmm. off their balance, to work off their balance because they paid me in full. Right. And that deposit was long gone because I had to pay <laughs> other people back. So. Right, but well, at least you I mean? made good with them, though. You know. Yeah, yeah. I, I was trying to do what I could to uh, make ends meet. Um, a lot of things were. Uh, I would just try to work with people, man. If if a, a club owner, I know I, I wanted this amount, but I would just try to work with them, man, and that that put food on the table. Well, it seems like everything's getting back on track for you. I mean, you, you seem to you know starting to pick up you know, pace and everything. And like, it's good that you found a way to keep your name, you know, on people's tongues and stuff and your music in their ear and everything. Now for somebody that may check this out and think about, you know, I, I want to, I want to DJ, but I seen how those cats come out and cat us come as uh, new cats and everything. What would be your advice to them for a new DJ trying to start out? You know, what, what would you tell him to help him build his stripes? say first of all figure out a um, like DJ or somebody that you're really feeling and try to mirror that like mm. if, if you want to be if you want one of the one of the younger um, DJs that used to work with me was uh, 
DJ Brand. So okay. A lot of them, a lot of them want to mirror him. Uh, I would say listen to some of the stuff he does, and try to make your own lane. Um, definitely uh, doing custom remixes and things like that. Something to make you different from anybody else. I would try to focus on that because that could help you get bigger than Joe Schmo who who just just started DJing. If you come up with your own lane, uh your own remixes, your own music, that could probably take you further. Mm-hmm. Um with somebody like me who who uh, I feel like going to Dell State going to college, even though I'm from Wilmington and I just went to Dover, mm-hmm. that opened my eyes to a lot of things. I didn't know about D.C. Go-Go. Mm-hmm. I didn't know about Baltimore Club, you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, you got uh, you so got them lessons helped. real fast down there at Dell State, then. <laughs> yeah, that, that, helped, uh, that helped me, you know, appreciate other, other styles of music besides hip-hop and reggae. Oh, that's so what's that, up. That, that would be my advice. Try to, try to, try to uh, figure a way to make your own lane. Try to do something that uh, no one else is doing. Yeah, because right now, right now is a great time for it because you, we all have so much at our disposal as far as technology is concerned and stuff. Like, you can pick up, you know, uh a doll, a low cost doll and just start building remixes based off instrumentals or, you know, you can get a little drum machine, like everything's so much affordable now. Cause I know when I got started, 1200s was like 499, but even though now 1200s, if you could find a, a legit one, it's about 12 or $1,300 now, you know, I, I wouldn't be buying no turntable now, but Technology is yeah, yeah. out there. If somebody really has it in their heart to do it, they could sit and do all sorts of creative things and exclusive remixes and stuff. And heck, you know, if you get, you know, kind of like a uh, stone block, you can't think of nothing, everything you can hop on SoundCloud and hear some creative shit out there and get your creative juices going. So that's definitely some good advice to do your own mixes. Cause the, like I said, the skill, the technology's there, like really you, to set yourself apart, all you gotta do is do a couple hot remixes, like a hot song come out. Everybody's playing the hot song. If you remix that hot song, you're playing the same hot song everybody's playing, but you're playing a remix of it that nobody had. You can set yourself worlds apart, man. So I definitely feel you on that. Definitely. And if you love music, really sitting there and trying to put something together, in your head won't be that hard. You just gotta learn the technique, you know, gotta learn the tools and everything. And once you learn the tools, man, you could just open up the whole thing. And hell, you could probably even start, you know, remixing stuff for other people. I know you can't sell a remix, but somebody can pay you to do a remix. You know, it's just you just won't be able to sell the the rights and everything for it. So Yeah, yeah. That's that's my like thoughts say, on it. Sky's the limit is, is where you can go. Um, like I said, I, I know some DJs who are millionaires, and all they do is weddings. Hmm. And I know some DJs who are millionaires, and, they, and they, all they do is 
nightclubs, you know what I mean? It's there's no right way or wrong way. It's just a lot of times it's just who your clientele is and mm-hmm. sometimes it's not it's not what you're doing, it's it's who you're DJing for. Right. Um, so I feel like if if you got the right clientele, um like uh, what's my man named DJ Cassidy? I heard he gets like fifty grand a, a night to DJ. You know what I mean? But he has that he has that clientele. Like he does the stuff that like somebody like me would do, but he does it for like Beyonce and Jay. Like he'll do Beyonce and Jay's wedding, mm-hmm. or he'll DJ for the Obamas. So whatever your lane wants, to, whatever you want your lane to be, or like somebody like D Nice. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, he he doesn't DJ quote unquote nightclubs, but he'll DJ he'll DJ uh maybe uh the Rock Nation brunch or something mm-hmm. like that. Or he'll DJ the Oscars or something like that. So who knows like, how much he's getting. <laughs> right, like you said, the sky is the limit. Before we roll out, man, I need you to tell people how they can find you and everything, you know, how they can uh, book your services and everything like that. So, you know, if you don't mind, go ahead and take a moment and tell us how to find, you know, mega skills and stuff. Because I know I got your name and everything up on the screen. This is for the video, but, you know, the actual podcast that goes out on Pandora, Spotify, iHeart, and Apple, they won't see the video. So I I just need you to drop your math and everything, bro. Pretty much, man, if you need to get at me on pretty much mostly all social media, is everything is at DJ Mega Skills. I do have a website, djmegaskills.net. Um, and that's pretty much just Google DJ Mega Skills. And I think I'm the only one with that name, so I'll come up. But djmegaskills.net, you have my website. And, uh, you know what I mean? That's where you get at me. I'm that guy from Delaware. DJ's everywhere, man. <laughs> man, that's what's up, man. Again, I appreciate you taking your time to, you know, rap with us here at Board and DE because I know you're coming from a gig. You wanted to knock it out because it's about to be family time. So I appreciate, you know, getting a little piece of your time this evening and everything. And um, to everybody else, if you haven't yeah. already, definitely visit us here at uh, Board and DE, uh, www.boardandde. Social media is at Board and DE. And until next time, I'm your host, Big Tuck, and my guest, my homie, DJ Mega Skills. We're going to call this a night. Thank you, man. So, peace, everybody. Peace, man. The Board and DE Podcast is brought to you by Lindsay Epps Media, LLC.